Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. ABC's promises to be a big full day here on Wide World of Sports, and we'll be getting it all underway in just a moment with the start of the Atlanta 500. Nick Lotz back in six on the pole. Bobby Allison in 22 next to him. Elmo Langley in 64. Frank Warren in 80. Gail Yarborough in 21. And Paul Goldsmith alongside of him in 99. Richard Petty in 43. Leroy Yarborough in 98. James Hilton in 48. Buddy Arrington in 67. And then as we move way, way back at 37th spot is Buddy Baker and Bobby Isaac and then Sweet Savage and David Pearson. In addition to the fact that we have 40 cars that are racing caliber on the track and a pace car, we also have a camera car. And in that car is our colleague Chris Economaki, who is going to be calling the start of this race from the camera car. And I think you'll get a kick out of it if you can hear it above the din. And there's the camera car, so let's go down to Chris Economaki. Chris? with four of the fastest cars. Number 17, David Pearson. Number 13, Sweet Savage. Number 71, Bobby Isaac. And number three, the fastest qualifier of them all, Buddy Baker starting at the tail end. We're going into the steeply banked turn number three as the drivers are pressing their throttles to the floor, coming down for the start of this Atlanta 500. They're starting to pull away. Our car is going now 85 miles an hour, and the field is pulling away from us as the green flag is now being waved on the race. All right, very good, Chris. Great start, and Charlie Glutzbach sings into that first turn. Allison right behind him, and all the cars make it safely through that number one turn, and they head down the back stretch with Glutzbach in the lead, and Allison right behind, and Cale Yarborough moving up into the number three spot. And also flying very fast is Buddy Baker in car three and David Pearson in 17. They've also moved uh, at least 10 or 11 cars out of the way as they come around to the end of the first lap. And flashing by the grandstand here is Charlie Glossback in the lead. Allison behind him and Cale Yarborough closing in on Allison. David Pearson is now in 23rd and Buddy Baker's ahead of him. Baker setting the qualifying record after Pearson had set it earlier at 156 plus, he came back at 158. And the speeds are tremendous here as we move into the conclusion. A white flag is out for Cale Yarbrough as he comes down in front of the grandstand. One lap to go. And now let's see how far behind David Pearson is. Cale came off that number four turn, saw that the green was going to come out and just really blazed down that front straightaway. I don't know whether Pearson even saw it. That's called getting snook. 
Walker, Phil, is he comes by it's 8.2 seconds behind Cale Yarborough. And barring a complete collapse, it looks like Cale Yarborough has won his third straight Atlanta 500. Cale, who celebrated his 30th birthday this last Wednesday and whose wife, Betty Jo, is expecting their second child at any moment, really had a hurrying, hustling afternoon to get this race over with. And here he comes the final turn and down the home stretch the checkered flag is out for Cale Yarborough everybody standing and he receives the checkered and here comes David Pearson around and he gets the checkered also he finishes 9.6 seconds behind and now hey Rocky watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat again button up my sleeve presto <laughs> No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Hi, this is NASCAR Hall of Fame crew chief Ray Evernham, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Actually, you could Google NostalgicRadioandCars.com. Wow, no kidding. Hey, how you doing, Bobby? How you doing? I am doing well. I got how my, about you? I got my pride drawer with me tonight here. Oh. I got my son with me. Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, it's like a family affair, man. You know, it's Christmas holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas. So uh, let's get right to the FLA Car Minute. Uh, Bobby, give us oh, uh, look an at update. Because I on? pulled it up this time because I already knew the question was coming. <laughs> so you should definitely, I think you should, uh, it is imperative that you visit FLACarshows.com uh, to find to be in the know when it comes to car shows in Tampa Bay, in Central Florida, in South Florida, in Southwest Florida, in Northwest Florida, in all parts of Florida and surrounding areas. Um, it is the place to be. It is the go-to source for all things car shows and Florida. Um, it's a busy time of the year. A lot of charity shows uh, listed up right now. Uh, go check them out. Um, get, you know, bring cans of food if they ask for it. You know, help out a little bit. And, hey, it's all for a good cause, and you get to drive a classic car. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, so did you say the, did you mention the uh, Largo Parade? Ah, uh, yes. Well, that 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 is like a, deg- a degree of separation from uh, from FLACarshows.com. But we, we bring the car show, and uh, it is the uh, Florida's, <laughs> sorry, Largo's old-fashioned Christmas parade, and it is December 21st. In downtown Largo, uh, on the streets of uh, First Street um, in downtown Largo, starting at noon. Don't forget to say hi to uh, all the city council, everybody from the city of Largo that will be down there volunteering their time to uh, put on a wonderful parade. That's December 21st, this Saturday, at noon, Largo's old-fashioned Christmas parade. They do have a Facebook event. Go ahead and share it. And uh, we'll see you out there. Yeah, then afterwards, don't forget to check out the Rib Check Barbecue. And if it rains, it will. Two things will happen. A, the parade will still go on. And B, what you're about to say is the Rib Check Barbecue is the best place to go afterwards to dry off and 
basically warm yourself up with some good barbecue. Tampa Bay's award-winning barbecue. That's exactly right. 426 West Bay Drive. Drive. And with a little luck, if it's not raining too bad, we will be participating. We have always been participants in the last couple of years. This year, well, we'll come up with another surprise. And we have a uh, we have a contingency plan this year, so there's virtually no chance that you will not see us. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. And then, of course, uh, Meekum's Collector Car Auction starts January 2nd. 4,000 cars. And if you tuned into our show last week, we had uh, special guest Sean Kiernan on, and he is the proud owner uh, of the probably the world's most iconic movie car, the 1968 Mustang 390 GT4-speed fastback used in the movie Bullet, filmed in San Francisco. And uh, that car will be auctioned off, along with 3,999 other cars. And I believe he said it was on Friday the 13th or 14th, whatever day that is. Bobby, you got a calendar in front of you. Anyway, so we will be over there. Yes, yours truly, Team Nostalgic Radio and Cars, will be there watching some of the cars. And then, of course, the week after is the... Greatest show on earth is the uh, Scottsdale Collector Car Week. And not only is there one auction, which is Bear Jackson, there's going to be multiple auctions. Uh, some friends of ours, Lake Auction, which is now owned by Richie Brothers. Richie Brothers Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're having their inaugural event over there. Let's see, we have Bonhams is going to be there. Uh, Goodings Auction will be there. Russo and Still will be there. So all our friends. In fact, all these people have all been on our show at one point in time. So we, uh, you know, we're in the media business, so uh, we stay friends with everybody. And speaking and of that, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, where we do share all the video, the live streams from uh, from the station here, so that you can go back and see both an audio and a video podcast of this show. That's Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and all those different social media outlets. <laughs> yes, and uh, we're pretty active with that now. So I've been getting pretty good about the uh, at least the Facebook page. Yeah. So uh, without uh, further ado, I think what we're going to do, Tommy's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo. I think we got a little music here. Uh, we're going to do a throwback to uh, 1968, 69. How about a little Jimi Hendrix? And since it's cloudy out and it's rainy, uh, we didn't have any rain song, but how about a little Purple Haze? Hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Here's a little Jimmy.
Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. And uh, yeah, I like that sound effect. That was a Ford GT40. Um, although that's probably one of the very, 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 very few that I, I, um, I borrowed from somebody else. <laughs> anyway, all right. So you what didn't we have got to tell them that? No, did I have to tell them that? Okay. Well, anyway, um, but I will get you. I promise, I will get you an authentic one next time I'm at the Shelby meet. So uh, let's see. Did I mention that the uh, yeah Scottsdale Collector Car Week and then uh, Dupont Registries this weekend? So bring on your little Christmas goodies. That's the uh, annual oh, yeah. Christmas uh, Dupont Registry Cars and Coffee. It's a toys for Tots right. drive. I want to. That's say. at their headquarters this weekend. You can Google Cars and Coffee. Uh, Largo Parade we covered. Yep. Cal- Cavallino. Now, if you guys like Italian cars and real serious Italian cars and a really, really upscale event, which is held at the Breakers in Palm Beach, then you need to go to the Cavallino. So you can Google the Cavallino. We've been there a few times. And uh, as long as we don't have a conflicting schedule, you know. But there's a lot of great car shows coming up. Obviously, uh, let's see what's uh, in Palm Beach also is the, um, the uh, da, 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 oh, Boca. Breton Concourse. That's coming up in mm-hmm. February. Mm-hmm. We have the Daytona 24-hour race coming up. We have the Sea Ring race coming up, but that's in March. Amelia Island is the first weekend in March. That's one of our favorite events. And uh, kudos to Bill Warner. They've got some very special cars there this year. We're looking forward to uh, participating in that. And again, like I, you hear me guys talking about this all the time, uh, every year, the four major events, the four major events that you want to go to, if you can, is Scottsdale Collective Car Week, which is in January, Amelia Island, which is in March, uh, Arizona, or no, excuse me, the um, Monterey Collector Car Week, which mm-hmm. is in California, mm-hmm. and then SEMA. And then whatever you can get in the meantime. Now, this year I didn't go to too many races. I think I only went to one or two. So next year my uh, my goal is to go to a few more races, cover a few more events. And also one of my goals is to sneak in and search out and find more barn finds and collector cars. I need to talk about that a little bit more because that's kind of one of my – favorite pastimes is to kind of, you know, go junkyarding, and then, you know, you bump into people at car shows, and you hear about these cars, and you find these cars that have been sitting in somebody's garage. And I think, you know, for right for, for, for all intents and purposes right now, there's a generational shift going on. Unfortunately, Bobby's been exposed to cars 
Um, here, you have a barn find. Please give us a call, 727-441-3000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you get a barn find. Or just go to our website and uh, give us a call at 415-578-3563. For a more direct line. <laughs> yeah, for a more direct line. That goes to me personally, moi, me, myself, and I. You know, And then my son and I will probably go out there and search your cars. But uh, or search your garage, your barn, your attics. Everything. Or please bring it. Please bring an on trailer to the uh, radio station. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, yeah. the end of this hour, and we will give you the address <laughs> oh, uh, privately. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And don't forget, if you need an appraisal, diminished value or total losses. Um, speaking of to- uh, diminished values, one of the cars that I did here a while back was uh, a very interesting car. And if you go to a website, you can uh, find out about it. And it's uh, it was called the Beatles Bentley. And as the story goes, and I'll try to make it brief because we've got our guest coming on. We've got a very special guest for you coming on here in a few minutes. And as the story goes, it was a uh, 1956 Bentley. I'm learning, I'm learning about Bentleys now and Rolls Royces. And actually, talking about Bentleys, one of the, my favorite Bentleys is a vintage car. And actually, Ian Fleming owned one, and that's the Bentley Series 1. And contrary to what people believe, you know, Rolls-Royce and Bentley are now basically, basically the same company, or they have been through that the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, and then they've changed hands a few times. And now I think Rolls-Royce owns books, or is owned by BMW, and Bentley is owned by... Um, you know, that's a show in itself, actually. That we're is gonna, a gonna show. We're going to do a whole flow, who, flow who chart owns what, of who what, owns... Yeah, the cars, exactly. Maybe that at Christmas if we don't find anything yeah, else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then Bentley's Volkswagen. But at any rate, um, Bentley was always a hot rod. They were race, the Bentley brothers, and they built, you know, car race cars. They competed with Bugatti and all those guys in the 20s and 30s, and they were very, very fast cars, along with Aston Martin. People forget about Aston Martin as well. But anyway, so with... Uh, the, fast forward to the 1960s. Uh, it was kind of like the mod period and the uh, hippie movement and, uh, you know, it's big... Uh, revolution going on there and, and the British invasion and music and stuff like that. And there was a guy by the name of Criddle who uh, was kind of like a fashion kind of guy. He came from Australia, wound up in, in London, and created a, a uh, kind of a fashion uh, style called Dandy. And his store line or store was called Dandy. And, it was, and, the, and, the, and the clothing that came about was called Dandy Fashions, as it was you know, uh, emanating from the name, Dandy. Dandy uh, tailoring Dandy Fashions. Well, anyway... Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, The Who, uh, The Beatles, everybody wore that kind of groovy music, uh, that groovy, those groovy pieces, those groovy clothes. Um, the Moody Blues, uh, you name it, all the rock, the big rock bands. Um, so at any rate, the Beatles were, were kind of like uh, enterprising kind of guys. They created Apple Corporation. Apple Corporation had multiple series. And of course, if you remember the song, there was a song I should have played it. It's called The Tax Man. And that was actually written by George Harrison, sung by the whole Beatles. And which album was that? This number? is branded as Apple Records, just so we okay, just yeah. to clarify that. Well, Apple Corporation <laughs> yeah. had Apple but Records and yeah. some subsidiaries. Well, what happened was is they kind of became buddy buddies with this criddle guy. Who, in the meantime, acquired this really wicked-looking Bentley sedan, 1950s Bentley, 56 Bentley, and painted it really cool mod psychedelic colors. And that was the thing. Well, that particular role, that Bentley was used as a promotional vehicle to basically show for people up and down the King's Road, which was like the road where like the trendy area of Chelsea, which was kind of like you've heard of Piccadilly Circus. Well, Chelsea was kind of an upscale area where all the nightclubs were and and, um, boutiques and stores and cafes and things like that. So a lot of significant people probably rode in that particular Bentley, including the Beatles and uh, the Who and Hendrix and and Clapton and and Herman's Hermits, for all we know, you know, um, everybody. So when Beatles, when Apple Corp acquired Dandy Fashions, 
it became Apple tailoring. So the Beatles were actually in the business of selling clothing, and they had other little goodies that they were selling. And then that lasted for about a year or so, and then the company um, dissolved. And then, of course, the Beatles kind of separated, and we won't go into Yoko Ono. No, I won't say that. <laughs> but Apple did. Apple did survive. And Apple uh, did, did survive uh, and went on. Go ahead. Apple Records and did you know sign a lot of others. I mean, I think it was Badfinger because yeah. I think that was the whole. That was the big confusion is that not only did they, they sound like, like them, them, but they used their record label too. They so used the record like... label as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so once the Beatles kind of dissolved, so did Apple Fashions or Apple Tailoring at the time. But the Bentley survived, and it kind of roamed around England for a while, and then eventually was acquired by somebody, and then found its way in the United States. That particular car, and based on the fact that that car has a direct Beatle connection, okay, gives that car significant, significant provenance. Okay, now, case in point, a few years ago, when they start, had the first, uh, what was it called, the, the, the uh, Capital Theater Cruising? Yeah, uh, cruising at the cap. Cruising at the capital. Okay, the uh, a good friend of ours, Vintage Motors out of Sarasota, brought up John Lennon's 1965 Mercedes 230SL, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Bobby, you got a chance to drive that yes. car actually. Yes. So that was a, that was a special day and a special time for you as yes. well. And uh, so that car brought significant money. So certain cars that have certain connections to certain celebrities bring the, they have significant provenance as a result of that. Case in point. The Bullet Mustang, which we'll be selling at Meekum Auction here in a couple of weeks, and or the Beatles car, and or the Batmobile, you know, cars like that. I mean, those cars are just, uh, they're, they're pop culture. They're iconic, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, having said it, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, fire up the stereo here. We're going to bring our guest on. And the gentleman that's coming on our show has been around the collective car auction uh, for a number of years, got a lot of experience, and this gentleman has been involved with a number of those pop icon, pop culture, American cars that we uh, we all come to know and kind of think are pretty cool. So anyway, hey, with that, uh, you tune into a little uh, rare earth, right? Yeah. So uh, you know what? It's time to get ready.
youngsters. Like pretty Lori Nelson, she loves past cars, but wants to be sure about love. Don't ever shut me out again. Chuck Connors, a cop young enough to want to help hot rodders. John Smith, who likes to pep up racing motors. Mark Andrews, a newcomer, bringing new thrills and new danger. I got a feeling you'll be hearing from me very soon. I'm going out and don't try to stop me. Don't get in my way. Here's excitement that hits hard. Packed with the dangerous thrills of hot-blooded youngsters showing off to hot rod girls. Like Roxanne Arlen, named by newspaperman The Wiggle, a thrill chaser who never stops. of the rock and roll set. You'll know the tops in thrills when you see Hot Rod Girl. This is Neil Young. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back in your tune. It's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And it's time to introduce our uh, special guest for the evening. This gentleman's and a longtime friend of mine. You'll recognize this person when you hear him. You've seen him on TV for years and years and years. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the general manager for Lakes Collector Car Auction, my good friend, Gary Bennett. Gary, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Robert. I'm awesome. How are you? Pretty good. So uh, we're only weeks away, weeks away. So why don't you give us a scoop? Well, we are weeks away. I wish we had a little more time. We're so overwhelmed. But uh, what's really cool about what's happening in my world is we're having our inaugural uh, Lake Ritchie Brothers auction in Scottsdale, Arizona, on the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th of January. And uh, I'd like to have another month to get ready. But uh, regrettably, there's no saying. If it wasn't for the last minute, none of us would get anything done. But... uh, that's the square we're on right now. It's, it's, you know, we're we're 28 days away, I guess, and uh, I wish I had uh, 38, 48, 58 wishes for horses, but I guess beggars would ride. So <laughs> we're in we're in the we're in the thick of it now. Well, Gary, why don't you give us a little background on yourself uh, for our listeners that don't know who you are? Why don't you tell everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself and uh, why they would recognize your name? Well, I. I've been a car guy since I was a little boy, pushing things around in the dirt. And uh, through my through my my life, I was blessed to meet a gentleman named Jim Lake, and uh, back in the '60s, who was a real he was the largest Rolls Royce collector in the world. And there's a reason for me talking about him this early on. Uh, he kind of put me under his wing and took me into the car world. He took me. He had his first collector car auction in 1964. And he took me to the first Barrett-Jackson sale in 1971 and introduced me to Tom Barrett, Russ Jackson, uh, Leo Gephardt, Johnny Bassett, Don Williams, a whole bunch of the the guys that actually started the collector car world, if you will. And I became a customer uh, right after that happened. I started to buy a car, and I'd keep it for a year, and I'd take it. I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's important. And... uh, I'd drive, it, I'd drive a car to Scottsdale in January, sell it, and buy another one and drive it home. 
I did that for a number of years, and of course I met the the Barrett family and the and the Jackson family. Long time. I'm going to go fast through up to the 2000 and. Uh, Brian Jackson, who was a great friend of mine, passed away, and his father passed away, and, and Craig ended up in charge of the company. And uh, I was given an opportunity to come help him grow Barrett Jackson with a, a mutually good friend of mine named Steve Davis. And uh, we, when we did that, when we started that venture together in 2001, we did one auction a year, and it did $18 million. And I think your radio listening audience probably recognizes that name and what it is today. It's uh, it's a premier auction house and uh, huge, huge. And I'm proud of that, proud to be a part of that growth and all the great people that were associated with it. But I actually retired uh, about three years ago. I thought I'd had enough of this. And after I'd stepped out of that role, I was recruited by a company called Ritchie Brothers. Ritchie Brothers is the largest auction company in the world. They're a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange. They're headquartered in Vancouver, uh, Canada, and uh, they wanted to get in the collector car world. Well, here we go. I'm hmm. back in it. And uh, that being said, the irony in mentioning Mr. Lake early on, Robert, <clears throat> was Ritchie Brothers acquired the Lake Auction Company that I was referring to two plus years ago. And uh, that's where I—that's how I've become involved in this now, in a bigger and more amazing way than I ever was in my previous role. Well, tell us now a little bit about yourself, because if I remember correctly, you—you you had a different profession besides dealing in cars, right? So your your actual uh, background yeah, is. Yeah, I try to forget that sometimes. I I I am a licensed architect, and I was a founding partner in the little organization in Tulsa called BSW, and BSW became one of the largest architectural firms in the world. We were doing every Walmart store, literally, in the world, and uh, I was never really happy with that world, if you will, proud of it, proud to be part of something really special, but uh, I sold my interest in 89, and uh, had two other partners and decided to go play with cars. So that kind of led me, that was another stepping stone into my uh, my <coughs> auction world, if you will. I had a restoration business. I had a company called Lister North America. I was associated with Brian Lister out of England. Really? And we were doing uh, Jaguar, Jaguar upgrades and Corvette upgrades and some really, really cool stuff. And uh, it was a fun time. I, at the same time, I was racing cars and racing motorcycles. And every day was Saturday. It seemed like. Uh, but what a what a what a what an adventure and what a great life I've had. I couldn't be more. I have no regrets on any of it. Well, now tell us a little bit about some of the racing you've done. Uh, I didn't know about that side of you. Yeah, I used to SCCA race Porsches. I've I've done a lot of that, and then I. Uh, I got involved in uh, NASCAR vintage racing, uh-huh. and then uh, I started uh, doing some vintage Trans Am racing on the West Coast. I did a lot of lot of stuff with those guys, and uh, it was a it's a wonderful adventure. I mean, it was it was great. I was driving every. It, I would drive any car, Robert. Anybody was foolish enough to let me get in. <laughs> and, uh, I I it was it. Was, I've never been addicted to anything, and until I met racing. And, 
I, mean, I never will forget. I was racing in, the, in a NASCAR series, and I kept cutting down tires. And I was at the Texas World Speedway, and I, <clears throat> I ran out of tires. And nobody was going to loan me any because I was on the pole for the race on Sunday. And uh, I ended up buying, finding a set of tires. That was one. That, that was 50 cents. But chartering the airplane to fly them in uh, was a dollar and a half compared to the tire cost. So, <laughs> but that's what you do. I mean, I wasn't going to miss that race. It didn't matter how much it cost. So that's the closest thing I've ever had to a needle in my arm. And uh, I have no regrets doing that either. It was a, I met some of the most wonderful people in the world doing it. And again, most of those guys that race are real car guys. I mean, Tony Stewart's a good friend, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch. These guys all love cars. And, uh, you know, it just, I'm a lucky guy, Robert. I feel like I'm bragging, and I don't mean to do No, that. no, no. That's what I want you to do. I want you to tell the stories. In fact, I really want you to go into detail some of the cars you own. One in particular, though, was not a race car. But if I recall correctly, you were telling me a story about, and I know you're a Shelby guy like me, you had a big black Cobra that had a camera in it. Is that true? Was that? Did I hear that that's story absolutely, right? That's absolutely true. I, I bought that car from Bill Murray in, in Colorado. And uh, when, I, when I got it, I also got it with a 427 side order that came in it. But, it, of course, it had a camera in it. And it was, a, it was an amazing car. I mean, if there's anything you don't need in the 427 Cobra is more power. Um <laughs> But, but having said that, this had more power. The thing that was craziest about it, Robert, I lived in Tulsa at the time, and we had when winter came, it was cold, and we had four four distinct seasons. And it's the only car I've ever been in that you needed to wear a coat in the winter because you were exposed on the top, and your tennis shoes were melting while you were in the car <laughs> driving it on the pedal. Uh, there was literally you had to worry about the header temperatures boiling the brake fluid. It was that bad. But it was an awesome car, and I'm proud to have owned it, and uh, I sold it. Actually, I sold that car at Baird-Jackson. Well, let me ask you this. I recall being at Hershey, SAC 2, in 1977, and a black Cobra with a camera and Colorado license plates dusted me off one afternoon when I was heading back to the hotel. Was that your car? That was Bill. That was when Murray owned it, I believe. Yeah, it was the car I ended up with. Yeah. No kidding. What a small world. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't get that car until '86. Okay. And uh, and and it was it was quite a ride. I mean, I've been blessed to have several of those things, and I you know I just I re- I had had thirty one oh two too, which is a was a, a comp car that actually got a, got to spend some time racing that car, vintage racing it, if you will. Uh, Rick Titus and I drove it together a little bit, and uh, it was it, it was quite a car. I mean, those cars are. If anybody's seen uh, the new movie Ford versus Ferrari, it'll give you an idea of what driving those cars must have been like back in the in the real day when Ken Miles and McDonald and all those guys were driving these Cobras. I mean, it was, they're just amazing. <laughs> no car, what a ride! Is Rick Titus Jerry Titus' son? That's correct. Oh, he used to race Shelby's and Cobras. Yes, he has. Yes, indeed. Well, now you still have one Cobra in your uh, in your stable, don't you? Don't you have a small block or something? I did. I don't anymore. I've, uh, I've gotten completely out of the out of the Cobra world, regrettably. Uh, really. And uh, the the coolest thing I've got right now, Robert, is I've got a a 2018 Ford GT. Oh. 
Ooh, nice. So tell me about that. I, I've been ragging on that car because it's missing two extra cylinders. So set me straight here. Well, I, 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 was, I, I am friends with Mark Fields when he was the CEO at Ford Motor Company. And mm-hmm. uh, I, never, I never will forget when this car came out and Mark approached me and that they were going to do this and asked me if I'd be interested in one. And I said, absolutely. And I and then he told me about it and told me it was going to be a V6 and I told him that was just that that just didn't seem right. I mean, I, I it, it needed to be a V8 and he went into this long explanation of because of the body shape and the body size and blah blah blah, it needed to be a V6 and all that kind of stuff. And and I who am I to tell? I mean, I'm nobody. I mean, who am I going to suggest to Ford Motor Company they rethink their whole idea? I will. And then then the reality is, Robert. And this is just life. Okay. It's full of compromise. It is imperative that uh, that they offer what they're going to sell the most of. And Ford clearly is in the V6 marketplace. Right. And that is the future engine for uh, their gasoline-powered cars. And so here we are. And I, and I will tell you, as disappointed as I was that they did that, when I saw the car, I understood why they did it. <clears throat> and now that I own one, it's very clear that it wouldn't, a V8 wouldn't fit. But more importantly, <clears throat> this thing's make six, nearly 650 horsepower, and that's all a car needs. It's a, it's a rocket ship. Well, think about it. It won Le Mans 16 and 17. Yep. It's an amazing piece of uh, automotive engineering, and I couldn't be more proud to be an owner of one. Uh, it's, just, it's just missing two cylinders. And it's, but it sounds good. It's got a good sound. It's not bad. It's not a V8, but uh, it's cool. Let me just say that. What are some of the other really, really cool cars that you've had in the past? Something really exotic. Did you ever have? Were you ever in the Lamborghinis? Oh yeah, I had a five thousand S back in the eighties, and oh. uh, yeah, I used to drive when I had the architectural firm. I drove that to work every now and then. I've I've always been a Porsche guy. I mean, I've had turbo Porsches. This is a great story. Okay. In nineteen seventy six, I drove a Maserati. I had it from Tulsa to Barrett Jackson, and I sold it there. And and uh, they didn't back then. There were no catalogs. There was no internet. There was no. You didn't know. It was like Christmas. You didn't know what was going to be available until you actually got there and got to see what was under the tree, so to speak. And I I sold the Maserati, and they didn't have anything that I wanted or that I could afford. That's that's a key word too. What kind of, what kind of Maserati so, was it? It was a Merrick. Oh, America, okay. And uh, SM. Anyway, I, so I started, I, I got, I had a rental car, so I had to. So I drove over to the Porsche store. I never had a Porsche in my life, and they had a brand new 76 Turbo sitting on the floor at Camelback Porsche. Mm. And a silver car with black interior, and I went in there and bought that car and drove it home. And uh, that was my introduction to the Porsche world. And what an introduction it was! Uh, it, but I, I became a Porsche file from that day on. It was an amazing ride. Well, I had a seventy-eight nine thirty, and I had an eighty-six nine thirty, so I can definitely relate to the nine thirty story. Yeah, I love those cars. I raced them for a long time too. They're really a, they're a handful to drive, but they are one of if you can if you can ever figure it out. It is so gratifying to think you can drive that monster. Uh, it just it just it's just an amazing feeling, but uh, you know I've, I've had those, and then I had the, you know, I had the Lamborghini, and I, I, I've just there was a time in my life 
actually before the Veyron came out, that I was blessed enough to have, I've probably owned every car I've ever wanted to have. And uh, when, the, when, when the Veyron came out, that was the end of that. So that was way out of my threshold. And, uh, uh, you know, now, now they've left a whole bunch. There's lots more of them out there. I've got a friend with a McLaren P1 serial number one race car that he's got the license for the street here at the U.S. And uh, that car could end up at our sale in January, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it could. We'll see. Uh, well, now let's talk a little bit about uh, Lake Auction and, and how you've kind of uh, helped get it off the ground a little bit, you know, since it's evolved and merged with, with Ritchie Brothers. Also, you have uh, John Stalupi, and he's been a guest on my show before, so I can see you got some of his cars going through that auction. We do. John, John, has, John has sold his collection twice before. Okay. And he, he is an amazing man and uh, he what he's done is he every time he does this he kind of changes the theme he has his own idea of what he wants his collection to look like and the collection I'm selling this time is primarily 50s and 60s convertible and he has some of the most spectacular cars you could ever imagine he, he also as time goes on with all of us we all get a little bit better at doing this and a little more discretionary, if you will, about what we buy. And, and this is probably the best group of cars that John's had. And uh, anyway, we sat down together. He and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to work with him and sell this collection. I told him absolutely. So he's been signed 117 of the finest 50s and 60s convertibles. And there's some other stuff in there. I've got a Yanko... Uh, Corvette that's got a thousand horsepower and out of his collection and uh, an LFA Lexus that he's had since new that kind of stuff but uh, it's predominantly 50s and 60s convertible and uh, they're all no reserve that's a real big deal wow every one of them is going to sell at no reserve regardless of cost now, tell us about uh, where Leak is going to be. Am I pronouncing right? Is it Lake or Leak? How do you pronounce it properly? It, it's spelled like Leak, but it's pronounced Lake. Okay, Lake. L-E-A-K-E, okay. uh, but it's pronounced as Lake. That's how Mr. Lake pronounced his name. And uh, it's going to be at Salt River Field, and that's, that's a location about five, four and a half, five miles south of Barrett-Jackson on the 101 freeway. Okay. It's uh, on the tribal land. It's where the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and the uh, uh, Colorado Rockies do their spring training. It's a wonderful facility. It's uh, the people that like, do that, to run that entire facility of great partners, and uh, we're real excited about doing it there. And it's a it's a perfect location, and uh, I it, we're gonna our goal is to have I don't know I'm shooting for between seven and eight hundred cars might have a thousand depends on what we decide to take or not take but uh we're going to go for four days we're going to go on uh, thursday the 16th through sunday the 19th and part of my plan too robert is is we don't want to run late like a lot of other auction companies do we want to be finished up every day before eight o'clock at the latest and let everybody go out and have a good time go have something to eat and uh 
if they want to go to some other venue and have another auctioneer yell at them, they can do that. <laughs> but, uh, and I think that's fine. Whatever that, anybody that loves cars loves cars. But, oh, yeah. Uh, one, of the th- one of the things I'm really proud of as well is, the, is that we have the uh, Spanky and Amy Assiter are our auctioneers. No way. And, you got uh, them? Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's like a family reunion for you. Well, it's kind of like putting the band back together. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And and I was able to get some of the key people. That, when I left there, several other people left. And uh, some of those people have joined up with me after their non-competes were up. And uh, they're part of the team as well. It, it is really like getting the family back together, Robert. That's a, that's a perfect way to say it. Speaking of family, talk a little bit, share uh, some stories and uh, about you and Muffy now, because she's been on, I see her real active with social media. So she's like your partner yeah. in crime, so to speak. Well, Muffy's a real car girl. Uh-huh. Uh, Muffy, Muffy's, for your listening audience, is my wife. And, and uh, I'm a, I met her in a motorcycle bar nearly 20 years ago uh, when I moved to Arizona from San Diego. And... and uh, I thought she was with a guy, and she wasn't with that guy at all. She was riding her own motorcycle, and I'd gone out and gotten on a motorcycle that I had and ruined her dinner by starting it up and blowing dirt all over her. She was outside and blew crap all over her. So <laughs> when I came back, the guy at the door told me what had happened, and, of course, now the guy's gone, and he said, you ought to go over and apologize. Well, I couldn't wait. Uh, so I ran over and apologized for that, and uh, we, we met, and... Uh, the next day, she sent me an email and said that she was going on a motorcycle ride with some friends that I want to join, and uh, that's how this thing started. But uh, she she is that kind of person. She rides motorcycles. She had a she had a Roush Mustang convertible at the same time. I mean, she died in the world. when she went to her senior prom, Robert, not with me, <laughs> with another fellow. Her his dad had a '59 Thunderbird convertible, and. His dad loaned him the car to take her to the prom. It was kind of a turquoise color. She had her mother make a dress to match the car. Oh, wow. Yeah, she got, I've got a picture of her in her prom dress getting in that car. I mean, that's just what a car girl she is. But she she's fascinated with cars. She's got, she's had, she's, she's sold some amazing cars. I mean, she's had a Amber Award winner that was also a Riddler contender. It was, it was number two in a Riddler in the Riddler world, if you will, and uh, she's had a she had a world record, still does have a world record selling F code uh, fifty seven Ford convertible retractable, and F code meaning supercharged. Yeah, she she bought it from the second owner and uh, sold that car for three hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Fifty seven Ford. I mean, it's just hard to imagine. I. I still, if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed it. And uh, and being married to me didn't help anything because it was the car that followed the Batmobile that we sold for $4.4 million, you can imagine. So she's, it, she's had some amazing cars, and she's quite the marketer, quite the presenter. And if, uh, anybody, if any of you ladies out there want to talk to someone, a lady, about being a car girl, she's She's one of the great ones. Some of the guys might want to enjoy it too. She's she's amazing. She's a walking encyclopedia about automobiles. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, we got a few minutes left. So, uh, what else you want to talk about? You want to talk a little bit more about uh, leaks? Some of the what are some of the other highlight cars besides the Loopy stuff? What else is uh, can be? 
Yeah, we've got some incredible stuff. I mean, we one of the things that's happened uh, just recently is we consigned, of all things, a one of two built uh, Art Deco Mastercraft travel trailer that is a piece of art. I mean, I, it's, it's probably a million-dollar travel trailer, if you can imagine. Uh, we've got that. One of the things that's unique about what we're doing that's important to mention to your listeners is that we're a reserve and no reserve auction house. Ritchie Brothers, as a equipment company, equipment auction house, is all no reserve. And uh, with what we're doing with Lake, they've allowed us to offer reserves for certain vehicles. So we're going to have cars with reserves and no reserves. So if there's anybody out there that wants to consign a car, uh, we'd love, we'd welcome that. The docket's not full. We're being very picky about what we accept, and uh, we want we want good cars. We want collectible cars. One of the one of the things I've seen happening in the collector car world, Robert, that's troubling to me, is they've been taking our cars. Not that there aren't nineties, but you're breaking up a little bit, there, Gary. I would call collectible. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many Mercedes SLs they made, but a lot of them are finding their way to these auction houses. And that, that's more what I would call a... Mannheim car? A collector. Okay. Gary, you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, we're losing you there a little bit. Can you hear Can me you okay? Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, right now I you're good. You. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. But anyway, we're... we're, we're a lot of the auction houses have taken on some of these 94-door BMWs and Mercedes SLs, and, and that's just not what we're about. We want cars that people are interested in, that people uh, would like to buy and perhaps collect. And, and as, in the 90s, there's some amazing cars. The ZR1 came out in 1990, which was the start of the new horsepower race, if you will, Robert. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Viper in 92. Yep. I mean, you can't deny those cars being collectible. And then how about the NSX? Yes. I mean, there, there's another car. So there's some incredible, of course, the European stuff. I mean, there's some amazing European cars that were built in the 90s. But I just I just am trying to not have people come to our event and be disappointed and think we're uh, a used car sale, if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. So if people want to find out more about it, more about Lake Auction, how do they go about doing it? And, and one last, we got a minute or two. What about coming to Florida with an auction? Well, we're we're certainly looking at Florida, Robert. That's that's a, I think that's one of the best marketplaces in the country, um, and we we are exploring that with a great deal of enthusiasm. Uh, the, the, back to your comment about Lake, one of the best ways to look at what we're doing to your audience is go to www.lakelakecar.com. That's our website. It's lakecar.com, and and you'll get to see all the cars we have on the docket. You get to, we've got sponsors like Indian Motorcycles, Jack Daniel, uh, Sherwin Williams, uh, Reliable Carriers. It, 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 we, we are blessed with uh, great partners, Robert, and, and just like you. You're a wonderful person, and I'm so honored to be on your show tonight and, and your audience. I, I hope this has been worth your time, and, and I couldn't be more proud to be here with you. Well, Gary, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out, and uh, I wish Muffy could have been with us, but we're going to have to do this again sometime. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. I plan on being out in Scottsdale. I plan on attending your auction. I've already requested media credentials, so uh, I wish you guys the best of luck, and I really look forward to your inaugural event. 
All right, buddy. Well, we promise you they'll be there waiting for you, and we look forward to seeing you. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, Robert. All right, Gary. You take care, all right? Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, I want to thank Bye-bye. all my – Bye-bye. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars this evening. You know, this is where you find the uh, the one automotive show in the Tampa Bay area that has the most fascinating and legendary people in the motorsports world. Bobby, do you want to make a comment? No, just uh, Lar- old Largo's Old Fashioned Christmas Parade, noon, That's December right. 21st, this Saturday. Come uh, see us, downtown Largo. Okay, and the Tupac Registry, first thing in the morning. And then Dimmitt's, got, they got their uh, cars and coffee as well. And don't forget, tell your friends to tune in here every Tuesday night from the Tan Talk Radio Network for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Bobby, that's your department. LinkedIn, YouTube, <laughs> and all major social media. Yes. And don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And if you miss any of our past shows, don't forget, Nostalgia Radio Cars, the archive page. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe. We'll see you at some of the car shows. But before I say that, don't forget, we will be here next Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, don't forget. The Christmas special next right, week. Our Christmas special. Yeah, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Bring on you out. Oh, yeah. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.